Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hotline League. Sorry, we're a little delayed. We, uh, XSplit, decided to just completely remove all of the work that I had done to build scenes and everything for many months, years even. And so Travis I had to said, try to rebuild all of that during this, which Travis was Travis said it's the off-season, fuck this shit, and went out and was Actually, not accurate. Only one of, of us tried before. to cancel today's show, and it was not I didn't me. try to cancel today's show. I tried I was to improve given it, an and ultimatum. you back. Here's my constant co-host, Mark Zimmerman, uh, who who today uh, gave me an ultimatum, uh, which was no I show. I gave you a very heavy-handed suggestion to make this show better. We'll <laughs> very heavy-handed. Very. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, well, uh, I'll let Mark explain what that is in just a second. But first off, the show is brought to you by Alienware Grubhub. Thank you to Alienware and Grubhub. We will talk about them later on in the show. As always, they're fantastic sponsors. Mark, how's your week been? It's been good. Uh, none of the podcast people will know this, but I just spent the last 25 minutes breaking down basically everything I've consumed from video games to movies, TV shows, podcasts. Um, are you basically YouTube just chilling right now? Like, there's not, like, you are you just doing tra- TGI work and that's about it? Uh, no, I'm doing my usual getting deep into side projects that are never going to see the light of day. Okay. I'll, I'll show you one uh, tomorrow. But you don't have like esports work, work. No, esports work is dead. Okay. Esports is dead as a whole. Um, and you haven't tweeted out yet in the past 25 minutes. So I, I was going to retweet. When's the last time I tweeted out at all? Uh, I mean, last week, I think. Pretty sure you tweeted out last week. Yeah, December you did. 2nd. November 28th ago. is the last time that you tweeted out. That we were oh, doing no, no. I was talking about... Um, oh, just you just mean you aren't tweeting in general. <laughs> I haven't tweeted in three days, which is pretty slow for me. Usually I'm a couple tweets a day kind of guy. Yeah, that's how that's how checked out you are right now, uh, is what I'm realizing. Okay. I don't know if I'll ever check back in either. I might just stay checked <laughs> <It's>, out. <laughs> the new season's going to roll around, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, there's a thing. <laughs> it's starting. I'll still be doing, I'm still doing the blame game in Hotline League, you know, but I, I'm not checked in. Yeah. I had an idea last night. This is going to be a much more loose episode than normal, folks, for in a lot of different ways. But um, we can just kind of shoot the shit more because there's literally literally nothing happening. Um, but uh, I had a dr- so last night I was really struggling to sleep, and I woke up at like I don't even know if I had fallen asleep yet, but whatever. Around four a.m., I was thinking about how I need to create a like gift guide because everybody creates gift guides on their YouTube channels. But, like, how do you create an esports gift guide? And I think I'm going to try to create, like, a parody gift guide for, like, if you're – here's the TSM fan in your life. You should get them this. And here's the the C9 fan in your life. You should get them this. The part of the challenge is, as I was racking my brain with this when I should have been sleeping was some of the teams have so little identity that there's not even, like, a joke you can make about them where you're just like, what? Well, uh, yeah, what do you get? Like, they, it's like there's nothing. For the Immortals fan, get them progressive health, uh, health insurance. <laughs> there's just, yeah, you're. It's like Aren't just sure a, a, a s- incredibly smooth wall. There's nothing to grab onto. You can't do anything. And so, uh, I don't know how we got on this topic. How do we get on this topic again? Just get talking those. about how fucking bored we are. Oh yes, yes. There's just, it is such a struggle. Uh, today, in the news. Evil Genius has announced their 2022 roster with a JPEG that apparently took Pog. them multiple weeks to uh, generate because they had already announced the two changes they were making, and then it's like 
somebody over there remembered that they still had announced the full roster. So they it's probably like riot pending riot approval, you know, and now here's like the official tweet. I don't know. Sure. Sure. Um, Maybe an intern got bored and just made a graphic and tweeted it. I don't know. There was a bunch of nothing that came out of this rumor that Danny was in a prison, a contract prison, which was not accurate based off of the stuff that I had heard. Uh, that was so that was like twelve hours of drama, which is always it's always very funny because you go into like that was a situation where there was like a a tweet that Cadrell read on his stream from like I didn't see what happened. It was like a DM or something he got. And it was like a weird anonymous thing, and then everyone turns it into this giant witch hunt, and then nothing really comes of it. But that was uh... yeah. It's like if anything's gonna come out, probably Danny has to swing the first shot. But yeah. like, yeah. And again, based off what I heard, that wasn't. I did look into it because I was like, okay, well, I guess I should look into this, and. Uh... It seems like it's really mostly nothing. I mean, if it, if there's any issues, it's kind of around like how things went on behind the scenes with Danny and EG and all that stuff during the year. But uh, we don't get any behind the scenes content anymore. So who really knows what went on? Anyway, that was a fun one. Um, Why tell a story when we can bury it? Yeah, JPEGs. I for thought Twitter. Nicole's answer was interesting. You know, I was hoping some more sauce would come out, but we didn't. We never got any follow up. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's much sauce to be had. Uh, uh, Max Waldo starting a porn video. Or yes, something. I did. I I was gonna make that joke, and then you made it first. Uh, I, uh, I held back so many tweets about it, about how like you know I was gonna say that this video should be taken down, but then again, porn is highly relevant to the league audience, you know. Oh, just like just the league. fact that it's allowed on the league subreddit when a bunch of other stuff has not been. Is yeah. That what you're talking about? Yeah. 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 I yeah no I mean I I thought so do you know do you know about Max's like league account? No. His league account that he's been streaming on for like a month now is C9 Travis Gafford. And uh <laughs> and so and that's what he's just playing on all the time. And so I constantly show up in his chat and accuse him like last week I think we raided him and uh accused him of copyright infringement and stuff. So yeah. So here's he's, what I'll say because Raz is saying it's league related, leave him alone. I actually think it should be on the subreddit. My my problem has always been taking too much off the subreddit. The only reason I ever complain about things being left up is is like a double standard kind of thing, or like really you take this down but not that kind of thing. I mean, the I, funniest Max thing is that. Max was so good in that. That was actually he he was great in that video. Yeah, Max is very good at it. I think what's funny about that that leaving it up. I'm not saying it should be taken down. But I think it's funny to leave it up when they've taken down so much other stuff. I think the funniest thing about it is like. It's such a great advertisement for that Reddit account, which is not safe for work. Do not click on it if you are at work or if you are under the age of 18. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just that was a it's a very, 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 very clever marketing tactic is the way that I think. Uh, OK, so what else I'll say is I feel like historically Cloud9 as an org, if you were going to play six degrees of separation with OnlyFans, Cloud9 has probably always had the closest connection to it. Let's move on. Uh, so, Piosik <laughs> is so actually that is new news, right? Because like there were some rumors about it, but I don't think that was even like a leading rumor for quite some time. And now we know that he is joining Team Liquid, which is actually pretty spicy and interesting. That's about the only 
Like real big, like the only new news I think is the best way to put it from this past week. Yeah, um, it sounded like people were were speculating it was going to be umpty, um, yes. and then it well, sounds someone like tweeted yeah. it. <laughs> I don't know if you know that, but that's what happened. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I mean, I, I was I was just trying to be vague, but yeah, I think what happened was that probably was the plan until whatever was going on at DRX. I don't know if you followed that drama at all, but like yeah, during the bit. leak that like DRX got fucked over and it blew up and then deft was like you know supposedly doinby was saying stuff that wasn't happening so then deft fired back at doinby and then doinby clarified and there's like some drama there and in the end it meant that uh Pioshik was available to be signed and i think uh if i had to guess anything T team liquid just kind of pivoted once they saw that and snatched him up yeah uh okay so uh what else oh clg announced their full roster in a very obvious and not particularly clever uh twitter I, <laughs> method there, there's so many like at least they tried they already knew yeah. yeah at least they tried. i think it was i appreciate it i thought it was a good attempt yeah. of like tr trying to bait people into thinking that they're saying goodbye to them and then the, the whole like little video of being like i'm trying to play wow fuck it just sign, sign, keep the team i'm too lazy to do any actual gming i thought it was all cute Much yeah it was like graphics. a it was like a a dad joke of Twitter, of roster announcements or whatever. It was like nobody really thought that there was anything going on there, but it was still cute. Um, I yeah. guess TSM officially announced their spring roster. Uh, There's a lot of announcements of things we knew. I think Prince might be the only one that we weren't 100% confirmed on. It well, sounded like there were a couple options potentially. Piosik too, right? Or are you saying still? Well, see, yeah, Piosik. Other than Piosik, there oh, yeah, was yeah. Prince, and that's basically it. Uh, is it Piosik? Like, is it an SH noise? I, I think so. Okay. I don't think it's Piosik, but okay. I could be I could be white and wrong. I think what is interesting is also just to see the TSM annou fan announcement to their roster <laughs> shout outs went. Um, <laughs> it was pretty I went to the subreddit on that one. Yeah, I yeah, had yeah. to. Yeah. I mean I, will, I think it's I just will own up sorry, go ahead. The the thing that the thing that made that one interesting was I like a month ago or so did like the stream or maybe on the show where I was like, yeah, I think they're going to go pretty budget and it's not going to be that big. And then like people were like, oh, after you said that and it went on the subreddit, Andy was talking about how they're doubling down on League of Legends and blah, blah, blah. Like in response yeah, to yeah. what I had said, which like ultimately some, supposedly they're announcing something in January. We'll see. I don't know what that is. Like I'm not trying to argue that they're not doing something interesting in league. I, I don't know what that but could be. But it's certainly not the roster. But like it's, saying it's that kind of in response to the roster stuff. And then and then I had people coming to me being like, yeah, but didn't you see what they said? I was like, I stand by what I, like I feel pretty good about my sources. I really would be shocked if they come in and do something crazy. And then sure enough, uh, they did what yeah. everyone was expecting them to do. Um, so I, I will own up to my more degenerate behaviors. One of which is like anytime a team is going through something dramatic, or something that's unpopular, I will lurk their subreddit. So like, like when the C9 stuff happened with LS or like, I don't know, Summit leaving, whatever it is, you know, Team Liquid Reddit. Anytime there's anything dramatic, I will lurk that Reddit and just uh, drink in the juices of upset fans. Not because I dislike any of them. I do it to every subreddit, but it's just, I don't know, something cathartic about it. I and, mean, it's, uh, it is, it like, obviously toxicity is not a cool thing, but... Outside of that, <laughs> it is always just exciting to see people passionate and caring. You know what I mean? Like that. Maybe that's like the uh, copium angle on it. But like, I I actually really do 
like to see that, well, and that level of care. If I want to defend it, the practice a little bit, when you see just the subreddit, and because it's an upvote downvote system, if everyone hates TSM fans, they're just going to get downvoted if they say something unpopular. But if you go to their subreddit, that might be actually a popular sentiment. And so it's it can be hard to get a, a fan base's independent reaction if you're just on the main subreddit. So I do think there's times where it's valuable to be like, oh, TSM fans are actually happy about this when I thought they right. were sad because everyone's right. shitting yeah, on them. Some, it is interesting to see where the subreddit diverges or where the team subreddit diverges from the main subreddit in terms of opinions on stuff. Because sometimes yeah. they'll have it even more extreme. Like, like I <laughs> yeah. think that the TSM announce, roster announcement on the main subreddit, everybody's like, yep, okay, whatever. Like, they're checked out. Then you go to the TSM subreddit and people are just like, pretty unhappy um you know so it is it is yeah. interesting to see the difference um uh, but yeah. yeah i was gonna say something else but i forgot now uh okay so i think that oh, people is... are talking about project l i don't think we care i mean not that i don't care about the game but like on this show i don't think we yeah i don't i i don't talk about new tft sets yeah, yeah. i think my take on project l even beyond like the show is They've been teasing that shit for a long time. Like, this is why I don't... Like, anyone who thinks that the MMO is coming anytime soon should look at how long they've been talking about Project L and then compare the amount of content that is in a fighting game to the amount of content that is in an MMO. Like They have, like, four playable characters whose art is clearly still not done. And it looks really good. I'm not I'm not slamming it, but just right. saying, like... I just, that's it is hard that project. for me... Now, like, whenever I was younger in like high school and college i would see stuff get teased and i could kind of get strung along by like the drip marketing for you know years and now i'm just sort of like yeah okay let me let me know when this thing is a thing um and that's kind of where i'm at on the fighting game though interesting week for fighting games um for those oh that, yes. the smash drama dude oh what where's our juicy drama like the smash that's actually sad drama though because it's like that's like legitimately ruining the scene well, drama, not like some of it is sad for sure. So for those that don't know, uh, it's a little complicated to explain. You can go find some decent articles, but basically, Nintendo, who has historically been generous, Awful. I think is the way to say, uh, or or generously perhaps described as apathetic to esports. Though sometimes I think even they, a they have more been hostile. actively antagonistic to, yes. to to Smash esports. Yes, they. Uh, they have partnered with an organization uh, named Panda Global, which is kind of like an esports org, content org type thing, who are kind of trying to take over the entire Smash scene, which was previously very community based and run by like a bunch of different organizers. And uh, there was a very, very large event that was. So, like, about as world's equivalent as you can get in Smash, from my understanding, that had to be canceled because of Nintendo refusing to give them a license, and then everybody's kind of done pretty shit PR around it since then. The thing, I tweeted out, like, oh, things are getting spicy over there, and people were like, well, you know, it's actually quite sad. Obviously, it's very sad. The thing that's spicy to me is Ludwig announcing he's going to do a Smash event the same time as the Panda Global event, uh, just sort of to screw, fuck with them and also challenge Nintendo to actually do something. So um, I do think I do think it's a little spicy over there, but um, it's there's some interesting stuff. But actually, I think to bring it back to League of Legends, my time getting into Magic: The Gathering recently, and my oh, time 
What's that? Nothing. I just said, oh, no. And, no, my time getting into Magic the Gathering and my time getting into, or at least following the Smash stuff. Riot Games, look, I have been very critical so of them bad. for a while. <laughs> uh, but I got to say, it is nice to have a developer that actually does care. They might not always care about the same things as us, but boy golly gee, I think they are not hostile to their consumers, which some of these other companies are. Um, and uh, and yeah, I don't, now that I say that, somebody in the comments is going to be like, yeah, well, whatever, they nerfed my champion after I bought a skin one time six months ago. No, they take money from China. That's, oh, what's, that's what they're going to say. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, Let's... So... What? Uh, God, there's something else. I just forgot what it was. God damn it. See, I'm just right now. I'm just stalling so that we have as little time as possible for you. Your... Just you just keep rambling, and then you make me forget my point. I don't. Yes. Remember. I was like, oh, I had I had like an interjection there. What about and Smash? What about no, Ludwig? it was something else. Panda, Nintendo. Yeah, Ludwig or Panda or something. Okay. Uh, now that I've stalled enough, that the second half of the show will be not. As I'm long. only pulling like. Three or four takes, so we can do the second half. No, of the show. we actually have decent, we, decent things to talk we about. We didn't talk. Okay, here's what talk about Mark. Explain to everybody half. how you don't want to talk about League of Legends this episode of Hotline League. Okay, okay, you run a poll after I'm done explaining what this is, and we'll gauge the, the sentiment. Okay, so it's a slow week. We talked up already about almost everything worthwhile talking about. There's a couple takes to hear what fans think, and of course, we'll take those. But beyond that, it's a very slow week. And normally what we do here is open it up for whatever calls, but usually those calls are pretty weak sauce and not very enjoyable. So I pitched Travis last week, very hard, was Hotline Life. And I even talked about it at the end of the previous episode too, where the second hour is instead us just taking calls about literally anything, not just anything league related, but about life advice and trying to uh, give as much help as we can, which is probably pretty minimal. That sounds a lot more fun to me, talking to our fans about their lives than... The hey, poll is up, and people in the chat are spamming no. Than and pass, and resident sleeper. Team, team Wickwood. Team the poll Wickwood is bad. up. Vote in the poll. I'm voting no. I vote yes. It's uh, in the Twitch above the chat. Um, ooh, 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 ooh. Cloud9, my favorite team. I think they do good. What? That, that's, what the, that's what the second hour is going to be if we don't do Hotline League. Or hotline life. I am not desperate, Raz. There's one man who's desperate. I think we could actually open. So my my favorite shows. My favorite shows, or my some of my favorite shows for Hotline have been whenever we just open it up and talk about whatever, but not that whatever. Hotline Love was a masterpiece, and you're afraid you you're afraid to do it again and not be able to follow it up. So this is a nice out. You know, you're like Pat Rothfuss. You're like afraid to write the third book. No, I think that I still care about doing my job in a way that that man does not um <laughs> uh one travis look so at that. It 53 percent yes slide victory in a landslide victory 53 percent yes 47 percent no the thing is mark the nose this this implies we will lose half of our viewership in no they won't the they have second. nothing better to do on a monday night uh, yeah well we're gonna do the poll with points. Smash says, Smash Ika says, I will absolutely leave. Okay. I bet you won't. Um, you say that. Ika, what's going on in your life right now? You probably need some advice on something. We'll take a Travis look at answer. how bad the viewership gets, but we need to do we need to do at least an hour of real League of Legends content so that I can 
it's been run an hour. ads during that time. It's, um, it's roughly been an hour. Mm, that is not accurate in the slightest. Okay. Maybe you should do it ad now. If you do not like this Hotline Life thing that will happen later on the show, please forward all that feedback to Mark Zimmerman. Um, I'm not checking Twitter very often these days, so go right ahead. DMs uh, are open. <laughs> okay. Uh, Mark, you want to go grab our first caller? Yes. Okay. Off Mark goes... Ovali messaged me 21 minutes ago and said, put me in. Uh, let's see. Blah, blah, blah. What else are we doing? Oh, yeah. I can uh, scream at some subs. Who's Who has subbed? Oh, Mark is back already. We'll do that afterwards. Mark? Are we, not, are we now? No? Well, yeah. Yes. Where's that? Where's the, I was going to read some subs. Go for it. Okay. No, it's just okay. subs. Akina is here. Akina, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Uh, I just want to expectation set everybody about who Akina is. When I go to their profile on Discord, it's they are self-described as the best Yumi player. So <laughs> let's use that as the launching board. Okay, what do you want to talk about on the show, Akina? I want to talk about PL6 signing um, by TL. Um, and TL has the best signing in NA in the offseason by signing the active world champion. Then... Piosik literally gapped some of the best jungler in the world, even though he received undeserved um, criticisms. And some of the best jungler in the world couldn't even do what they normally do because of him. And DRX would never make even finals if he played worse. And Tia will win LCS with the best top jungle and former world champion, Kor Okay, so this is... So you're... Are you saying that Piosik is the biggest signing this offseason in North America? Yes. Okay. Uh, all right. Let's hop into it then. Mark, is this true? Uh, I don't agree that Piyoshik's the best signing this offseason. Because it doesn't feel like it, right? Like, that's the funny thing is, and I don't know if it's because everything else got announced before and maybe if this had been rumored for a while or teased out, it would have been something where people would have been like, holy shit, we're getting somebody that just is coming off of uh, or world finals, but it's it feels like it's kind of like a general shrug from the community from what I've seen. I don't know. Maybe I'm not looking in the right places, but... Uh, so here's the positive spin I'll give you. I do think he's good. I think the, the concern that you have is that if you watch a lot of the year, DRX was a bit of a struggle bus team that really got together at the end. Um, and Pioshik was up and down, even qualifying for Worlds. Juhan was subbed in helped them get to Worlds before Pioshik was like the full-time starter. Um, when Pioshik is on, he's, he's quite good. Uh, I think people worry about the smites. I don't really give a shit about that. Um, I think he can be very, very good. He also has an incredible personality, and I'm very excited to have him in content in North America, assuming that that can translate across, you know, language barrier and cultures, whatnot. But, like, he was very funny. Every time that they won, he had some dance of the champion he did and stuff like that. He was originally a streamer, so I think he gets the entertainment angle. Uh, and in that sense, he's someone that you should be excited about joining the North American scene. He's not this like no name, no face grind lord who you're never going to see probably. Um, that said, I feel like Prince is the biggest. I, I think Pioshik's up there. I think he's one of the biggest signings, but I think uh, Prince is probably the biggest for me. Yeah, I mean, I do. It's interesting because I feel like not very many Western LCS fans are very familiar with Prince. I don't know if we have a call about Prince. Later on, Mark. Uh, we have a can... FlyQuest call. That's okay. like... So maybe yeah. we'll dive into it there. But uh, 
I don't know. I think it's I think it's interesting. Caller, what do you have to rebuttal here with Mr. Mark Zimmerman? I think um for Pilsik, um what he has is um he is coming from into a Korean team, Korean speaking team. So he would be more able to adapt compared to Prince who would coming be coming into a North American team compared to TLs. Do you think Coach there's any value team. in that, Mark? Is that he'll he's better set up for success? Um, then Prince maybe. I'm very intrigued because I, I had said in the previous time that like it was kind of under the surface that like they want to run this team more like an LCK team in terms of like hours worked and like approach to the game and stuff like that. And fortunately, in their video where they put the team together, Dodo outright talks about that. So. Uh, I'm glad that this is like I, my my big thing is I always like when teams just give me like their own internal metrics, their approach to the year. It makes yeah, as a fan easy to connect with. It makes it as someone covering the scene very easy to tell their story. Whereas some teams are like, why did you put this team together? And then they they, they have nothing to give you. They're like, because uh, we had assigned five names and I picked them out of a bowl, and they were left over from the other names that I actually wanted or something. You know, like so. Do they usually I'm, say that, Mark? Is that is that what those teams? I tend feel to like say? I saw a press conference from Dig that said that last year or something. I don't know. <laughs> No, <laughs> um, no, but, but to like, your point, I think it does. It is oftentimes the community tries to figure out how to grade like the performance of a team, and usually, I feel like the way they do it is by just like when you spend that much money on a team, you should get this amount of results or something like that, right? But uh, it's the old rings of power methodology. Um, but then, whenever you have like a team that's like actually coming out and like. This is what we're going to do. Because, for instance, wouldn't it be crazy if this team doesn't play much Champions Q? You know, it's like <laughs> after all this or whatever, like they're like, oh, yeah, you know, we're not we're not going to play Champions Q or something. Maybe. I, I would see them, if anything, doing like a third scrim block. Maybe that's why their champion numbers are down. But like if this team comes out and doesn't try that hard after that being like their whole push, I, I would laugh. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, like it's an exciting team because it's not just like five imports, you know, obviously with Harry and Yon stepping up a little bit. Um, Core JJ is like basically a U.S. citizen. <laughs> uh, is he? I, I He got a green card. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, he is. Uh, That's what the whole beginning yeah. of this year was. He's, yeah, not, yeah. he's not a citizen, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, you know, you can debate, but whatever. I, I think there's like a lot of uh, – I, I expect some good things out of this team, but – um, even with Pioshik joining an environment like that, I'm not sure if just like that makes him the best pickup. Um, yeah, yep. I mean, it's close. It's, it's maybe close. I think it's a good point that was brought up, you know, because like it's true that this at least is like internally more similar than maybe the situation Prince is stepping into at FlyQuest. I think I like your call a lot, Caller, even if Mark... And kind of I don't agree with it because it it almost illustrates an interesting thing, which is I am surprised there isn't more hype around this. Because I think this is the first time we've ever – we've never signed anybody straight off of a world finals win, right? Like the closest we ever came was like crown the, like 12 months after most or something. Year, most year a year later. Yeah. Piglet, crown, impact, yeah. core JJ. Um and so, uh, Bang was was I think more than one year. Maybe Bang was a year removed. I so less than Bang a month after lifting Arrow, the trophy, Sword Art and Sword Art uh, came right after winning. Sword Sword Art came right after winning. Less than a month after lifting the trophy, and like that, we still. It's just it's not a lot. Or know? yeah, he didn't win. He was interested in finals. Holy shit! 
So what happened that year? That year is a fucking black box to me. All the COVID years are. I think it's very funny yeah. whenever I do my surprise test with the casters and you ask them about anything that happened in 2020 or 2021, they're like, uh, uh. Um, anyway, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's fascinating. I think it's just interesting that there's not more hype there, but maybe Pioshik was not the star of that team in the way that maybe others were. Maybe if he had signed Deft. All right, Akina, thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we take a quick break? Um, shout out PPL making one of the best moves to win LCS this. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. We'll catch you next time. Thank you. Mark, do you think that TL is going to win LCS with this roster? Like, do you, um, do you think, okay, in the past, when Team Liquid has assembled, like, superstar teams, you're like, okay, this is the team to beat. Um, why does it not feel that way this time? Because I think you're going to say that they're not just, like, a for sure thing, you know? Well, I think normally they sign, like, legitimately five players who you've known and seen be arguably the best in their role. Harry and Jan are coming up from Academy, and we're dominant in Academy. Or not, like, individually dominant, but their team was dominant. And so I think there's a lot of reason to have faith in them. Um, but I do think there is, like, three very big names around them, and then these two guys. And I think those two guys are making a question mark for a lot of people, myself included. I think they will be a very good team. Uh, I just don't think that it's like clear favorite territory the way it felt like when it was last year or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Very good. We're going to take a quick break to talk about Alienware. So Alienware, if you would like to go get an Alienware computer with a 4000 series GPU in it, you can now do that, by the way. I just want to let you know. You can go to, over to Alienware.com slash Travis, click uh, on the desktops, view Alienware monitors, and the R15 gaming desktops have uh, 4090s in them uh, if you decide to build it out that way. So you can get a RTX 4090, officially the 4000 series uh, GPUs in the R15 gaming desktops. We love to see it. I talked to Alienware and we'll hopefully be getting one of those in the near future myself. So that's gonna be pretty cool. Uh, we love rendering 4K video on those things, but also playing video games on them. Uh, which might be something that you're interested in. The other thing that they have now, uh, which might be of interest to some of you keyboard enthusiasts, is they now have a 10 keyless gaming keyboard. Uh, so that's one of those like smaller form factor ones uh, where it doesn't have the numpad. And uh, so if you like that type of keyboard, which I know are popular with certain types of gamers, Please go check it out. They have it on their store. It's the AW420K, uh, which you can find uh, over, again, at Alienware.com slash Travis. And if you purchase through Alienware.com slash Travis, which I've seen many of you have done, especially during the uh, Black Friday deals and holiday deals and all that stuff, it, a portion of that comes back to TGI. So thank you so much for your support. I really appreciate also when you guys message me and let me know that you did that. It's really cool to see. Um, and it gives me a reminder to go check the sort of system that I have access to to check it out. But again, there's a link in the description below. Alienware.com says Travis. It's a great way to support the channel. They've got some really cool products over there and some good deals going on during the holidays. So please check out Alienware.com slash Travis. You'd love to see it. Okay. Mark, you ready for the next caller? Yeah, let's do it. <clears throat> Off Mark goes. Um, He's been pulling, he has a decent amount of people in the waiting room. So I'm curious to see how that goes because I don't think that these people are probably uh, 
the Hotline Life folks. Okay, on the sub count situation, we've gotten a bunch of subs this show, uh, and I haven't had a chance to shout any of you out. Trevor Monreal, Immortal Scrub, Photo LOL, uh, Ian7J2, That Baked Panda, the one and only Corbin, and it looks like our next caller is here, so we'll get back to that in a second. But Tuft is here. Tuft, where are you calling from? I'm coming from uh, beautiful Seattle, Washington, where it is not raining because it is freezing cold, so it's snowing. Not right this second. Is it snowing? Has it been snowing up there? Uh, It snowed a little bit, like, the last few days, Uh, and uh, that is more than usual, so it's snowing a lot. (laughs) Is it still, does it melt immediately, or is it, like, very nice outside your window? It melts, and then it gets cold overnight, and then it freezes over, and then everyone crashes shit. Oh. Okay. Then, well, yeah. lots of car accidents. Stay safe. All right. What do you want do you to talk about? Do you have any uh, webcam setup or cameras in like your area to watch all the collisions happen? That's my favorite time of year. No, I don't. Uh, I work at. Oh, UPS, not you personally, though. but like the security cameras. So I get you know. to I get to hear my drivers tell me that uh, they ran into shit, and then um, oh. yeah. Well, <laughs> we have let, to go out and help them. Let's not talk about vehicular damage. Let's talk about League of Legends. What do you want to talk about on the show? Yeah, so uh, I called in last split uh, saying that Contracts and Palafox were a top three mid-jungle duo in the LCS. Uh, and then everyone called me crazy. And then CLG popped off in playoffs and uh, was the only team to actually challenge C9. This year, I think that CLG is a lock for top four. I think that they will probably make it to finals at least once and will make it to Worlds. How did you think, uh, what did you think of their mid-jungle performance at Worlds? Well, you know, this year it was, you know, struggling a little bit. Uh, you know, obviously they didn't uh, make it to Worlds, and so they didn't. Uh, I mean, well, I did. I did get to meet their mid laner at Worlds, if that counts. Oh uh, yes, and that was pretty cool. Did you recognize Were him? You because the one not person very you recognized. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I was. Uh, I wasn't in that video, but I was in uh, another one of the videos. I was the one who said "hot goss" in the. Ah uh, uh, yes, the one okay, about the okay. Time Wait, change. yeah. Do you? Okay, hang on. You have to disclose this. Do you work for CLG? I don't work for CLG. I'm just a really insufferable fan. Okay. Did you at the time, because I saw Danielle or somebody from CLG, like act as though they knew who you were or whatever. Uh, that's because I went to all of their events uh, oh, okay. every day that I was there. Okay. Okay. So you're a legit CLG fan. Yeah. It mm-hmm. must've been Since, nice like, to have a team that decided to activate at worlds. Um, it was pretty sick. Yeah. All the other fans were feeling real goofy. Yes. All right. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Just, not to go too off topic, but I just uh, unfortunately saw. Is this is this what you're? You know what this is, Mark? Probably. That's why I just linked you. Uh, oh, you linked it to me. I was. Uh, yeah. yeah, I just went to Twitter as you were talking, <laughs> and uh, Mark and has a new method methodology for promoting the show, which is by hitting <laughs> the fat astronaut version of himself onto Twitter. Uh, Bro, okay, so a couple things about this fucking app. First off, like I saw it and I was like, oh, I gotta do this. It looks cool. I didn't know it cost money. And then like I know there are free versions, but I was just too lazy to find them. So I did one for Ashley first, and like she got all these like fairy woodland, like yeah, elvish yeah. anime fantasy things. Looks awesome. I do mine, I do one series. I wanted to do a combination of troll and serious, and I was like, fine, I'll just do two separate batches, which is just like costing a ton of money. I do a serious batch, and I'm just in space. For every fucking kind. If I'm an adventurer, I'm in space. I'm not a, a fantasy adventurer. I'm a space adventurer. In the serious Everything one? Everything I do is... In, what's that? In the serious one you are? 
Yeah, and then, well, so that was, I was like, okay, it must be like all the pictures. I should have selected other or female just to see what it did, but I selected male again. That was my folly. Yeah. Um, I wanted to see what would happen if I selected something. I should have selected something else, but I just put really troll pictures of myself in where I like, you know, compress my neck or I'm making faces and stuff. And I was still in space in all of them. I'm still a fucking astronaut in every picture that the AI draws of me. Except now I'm a fat astronaut. <laughs> <laughs> all right, can we get back on topic? So, yeah, come on, uh, let's Mark, topic. one, okay, so wait, you, what was your final thing for next year, your prediction for 23 for them? Uh, yeah, they're going to be a lock for top four. They're going to make finals of LCS at least once. They're going to make it to Worlds. Okay. I mean, I think they're going to win everything, but that's beside the point. So, lock, we've got several stages here. So, lock to lock for top four. Mm-hmm. That seems like it's a little contrary with they're going to make finals. Well, I mean, I mean, like regular season, and I think end of the year, the consensus will be they're like one of the top four teams. Okay, so they hit top four at the end of the regular season, then mm-hmm. they make it to finals. You said in either spring or summer. Spring or summer, probably both. If I'm being realistic, but you if know, you're I being figured, realistic, I love that. Yeah. It's, if you're being realistic, probably both. Normally, people use that phrase to kind of hedge. Um, well, I mean, I am hedging. You know, there are nine other teams, and, and then uh, you know, and then uh, they make it to worlds. Yeah. Okay, Personally, so, I would predict the semifinals run, but you know, I, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. Um, Mark, yeah. One, let's start with with stage one. We're in playoffs. We're Palafox and Contracts, a top three mid jungle duo. No. No. What are you talking about? <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> C9 and uh, EG had them beat. I think it's a little debatable up there. Afterwards, um, you know, you're like TSM, TL, 100 Thieves. Uh, I would still probably put 100 Thieves up there. <laughs> um, but, yeah. I mean, they were they were good. They, they gave TL a little bit of, or a C9 a run for their money in, in the upper bracket, a little bit in the lower bracket, too. You know, some close games. But, uh I don't know. I'm just a hater. I mean, the thing is that the takes are so hot, you know? I can't are, help are, but be like a, a okay. cold glass of water. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me run you through my thought process that's not just pure Coke, right? So for this C9, year or last, next year? For, or last well, year? Why I'm, why I'm projecting CLG to be so good. Okay, that's so, what I care more about, the projection. So last year, right... I think I think they they had their best their best showing like the the most like the big coming out party other than like their success in in the regular season was like they pushed C9 to five games, and they were like okay well C9 was just kind of mid so whatever but then C C9 won the whole thing right, and that was on like maybe the best possible patch for C9, uh, and it was the only patch they really looked like super good on all year which was when they just got to do the Zeri Sivir trade every single game and win both sides of it because Berserker is just insane on those two champions. Which also happened to be a patch that I don't think was very good for CLG, because Luger was just like not a very good Zeri compared to like, you know, the the top end of LCS AD carries, and he was a lot better on like you know, strong laning champions and like stuff like Kaisa. Uh, I also think that you know, just like top to bottom, everyone is super hardcore underrating every uh, member of this team. Like, uh, not gonna name and shame any people, but. There were a few people uh, in the in the NA men ecosystem who are rating like Palafox like a bottom two mid laner, which is just crazy to me. Uh, and I also think the contracts was like, like, like he, 
I'm, I'm pretty hot on contracts, but I thought he was, like, probably the third best jungler after, uh, like, or maybe the fourth best jungler after, like, Blabber Closer Inspired in, uh, in playoffs. And when you combine all that, plus the fact that they now have actual playoff experience that they didn't have before, which I think is, like, a large contributing factor to why they sort of choked against TL, uh, then I think that, like, the people who are projecting this roster to be, like, low versus, uh, you know, the top end are, you know, just delusional. Uh, put some respect on Santorin's name, but otherwise, sure, on the jungler list. I mean, what's uh, fascinating about this is Contracts was... There was a little bit of Dokla rumor, but Contracts was was consistently reported as being sort of the the number one contender for a potential change for CLG if they decided to make one. Well, yeah, and, but then they just realized Contracts was better than all the other options, so they kept him, and then or they felt like they didn't want to spend scrubs on... like Spica and Closer and Santorin. I don't think that that's probably an accurate representation of how those things went. Um, so Spica just made a highlight montage and sent it to them, and they were like, "You know what? You're right." Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like they just woke up one day and realized that maybe when they looked at it from a cost, like a dollar per output type thing. Anyway. All right, their competition is Team Liquid, 100 Thieves, Dignitas, C9, FlyQuest, and them. Is there anyone I'm forgetting who's like legit dangerous? I don't think TSM Immortals or Golden Guardians. Golden Guardians seem too big of a threat. Am I forgetting someone? EG. Oh, yeah, EG as well. So there's there's seven there's seven competitors, three What's a word that's not insulting that's that I can use? Well, there would be two, only two, not three, because there, there's nine other teams. Yeah, I, should, I mean, I mean, total, there's there's seven competitive teams. So oh, okay. One of them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> dogs? Yeah, I said... Uh, three not, not challengers? <laughs> uh, black, dark, dark horses? I don't know. Yeah, dark horses. Let's call them that. There's three that's dark really horses. That's really generous. And... <laughs> to TSM. So, uh, I, I think... So in that sense, I think uh, emerging teams. Even, yeah, even even TSM. If I'm being honest, I can see a world where they're better than some of these top seven teams. You know, like one of them's. You're like, let's just say hundred thieves just booms, right? They just don't function, or something. You know, like I could mm-hmm. actually see a world where where uh, TSM crawls up the, the the rankings a little bit. <laughs> but I uh, I think that's just I'm just a, I'm just a doubter. I'm just a hater. In well, in the thread. When they announced this roster, people were flaming the dive and me for putting them low. Even That's though true. That's true. After a single, I, I put them a tenth, and then after a single week when they went three zero, I was like, "This is not a fluke. They're legit. I fucked up. They're going to be top six for sure." I said that immediately after week one. People still flame me for hating them, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna you, hate on them again. I mean, when you went on the dive, that was kind of you doubling down because you ranked them tenth in the blame game first, and then. Because you know. I'm wait, you're punishing me because I'm on multiple podcasts and I'm consistent. Yes, absolutely. You slander CLG just twice. Clear, you get slandered twice back. That's just fair. Not a podcast. The blame game is a show. whatever. I make I make content and I don't flip flop my views to cover all my bases. I mean, I think well, you actually have before. I, I'm not asking you to flip flop your views. I'm just saying have, that you should probably recognize Brady Smith staring you in the face. And I mean, my boys in blue are right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Well, I'm gonna close my eyes and avert them again. Uh, I, I think that they oh. will be. Uh, you're gonna middle feel of the real pack. silly. That's all I'm gonna say. M- middle of the pack, real silly. You can you can make fun of me with them at finals in spring. Wherever okay. that's at. I'll, cl- I'll clip this. I'll go back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, someone made a fan video that was like, 
you know that when was people me. do those things? That was that was you? Oh yeah, fuck! Yeah. I watched that video. It was really funny. There was a lot of there was a lot of me in that video. Uh huh. Well, I mean, just uh. <laughs> I think so, Travis. Here's what I'll say. I don't, Travis. I don't know if you saw this, but like we, he and I, yes, or last week, we're talking taking a walk and talking about how much we appreciate fans just going out and making content because a lot of like really popular things that like blew up back when we were coming up. Were yeah, just, Mark, like, Mark, and I, that- I, I talked about this a little bit on Rift reaction last week but i'm thinking about making a video which i know is like my common line but on how i feel like teams aren't doing a good job of creating content and so i'd love to see fans pick up the slack for them not that they not that it should be the fans job to do it but like early on you had like peace pigeon you had a lot of people just posting meme stuff to 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 reddit and like clearly you can post meme stuff to reddit based off of what was at the top of it yesterday um (laughs) So I I love to see like members of the community create sort of fan cams and stuff like that. Um, but no, I didn't see this. Go ahead and continue. Anyway, so so Tufts uh, made a pretty or Tuft maybe a, a pretty funny video, just like making fun of people who doubted CLG. And it's just one of those classic videos. Golden Guardians has made them about me before, uh, where you know it's just like clips of me saying they're gonna suck, followed by like montages of good plays and highlights and stuff. And I think I think those are really funny. Uh, Being a doubter is a valuable community service, even if we roast you for it. Yeah, no, I I, I appreciate when people, even CLG themselves, were great about it last year. They get they gave me a jersey, <laughs> uh, like on week two or three, you know, that made fun of me for not believing in them or something. I don't remember what it was. So, yeah, I uh, on that point, I appreciate it. Thank you, thank you. I'm, yeah, uh, I, I'm glad people are seeing it because uh, this team is cracked, and uh, I love them. <laughs> so. As for me, where did they finish in in summer this year? They finished fourth. Okay. It was it was them and then and then C nine. So C nine was technically the underdog going into the series. I do think CLG will be one of the most interesting. Uh, will be one of the most interesting teams to look at next year, because we're seeing again a lot of change in the league. And here's the problem: like hundred T one at the end of twenty. 21 and then they lost the next two splits but made the finals of both without changing their roster Mm -hmm. so i think the question is you know the last time we saw a team decide to keep its roster for a while it didn't seem like they really benefited from doing that uh which is disappointing because i think that teams should keep their rosters more often and i'm happy that clg did i think the question is can CLG kind of change that, right? Like how much more room to grow do they have? The other thing is contracts consistently has kind of shit spring splits. And he, didn't he again this past year? Well, that's intentional. I think, uh, <laughs> he sandbags, he sandbags spring so that when he, how are you going to really call them summer? top three while saying your jungler sandbagging? Yeah. Yeah. He's I mean, he joked about so that, that he in has an interview. Momentum. momentum is so important. It's all about momentum. Okay, look, if this CLG team was like fourth in spring and then was like ninth in summer, do you think people would be this excited about them? No. Do you think that they would have re-signed all the same players? No. So you got to have an upwards positive trajectory. How do you do that? You do it by sandbagging, by intentionally being dog shit to love people. Travis, get me out of here. We have, we, have other, we have four other people we got to get through to do hotline life. <laughs> Thank you, I know Tuff, you're hoping this guy call. just keeps talking, but... Is there anything you want to shout out before we go on to our next caller? 
Uh, yeah, I told someone uh, when I was in the waiting room that I would shout out John Boys, who I also love. He's a uh, does really good long form traditional sports content uh, on YouTube. Lots of charts and graphs and stuff that are animated in Google Earth. Uh, shout out to CLG for uh, you know being the greatest team in League of Legends history. Uh, it's going to be the first North American team to win Worlds. And uh, uh, shout out the the boys who are all over uh, in in Korea. So at 4 a.m. last night when I was trying to think of, like, gift joke gift guides for teams, I had no fucking clue what to think of CLG. They really got to figure out, like, what their their brand or memes are. Like, the last thing they ever had was, like, the Faith Age thing, and that was, like, half their a decade ago. Their brand is just being the best. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. You did not help. Goodbye, Tuft. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. Mark, I noticed that you're... Um, your camera is like out of focus. I don't know if you want to fix that, but it's actually very soft. We'll see. We'll see. It would be it would be nice if you did. Okay, off Marcos. Uh, thank you to Ari Waddle for fifty months five zero. Thank you, Ari Waddle. Lil Bonaparte, Yanya. Uh, oh my God, Joseph Joestar. Tree Tree Bird is the word. Gave out a sub. Jushi. Uh, Jason Krieg, Shadow Spectre for a year. Numi gifted to Colomer and LCS Bree. And it looks like Mark is back with Washi here. Mark, you're still a little out of focus. Uh, Washi, I haven't done from? anything about it, and I might continue to do nothing about it. Where Where are you calling from, Washi? Tampa, Florida. And what do you want to talk about on the show? Yeah. Uh, so uh, I think that FlyQuest won the offseason hands down. Uh, the, ce- the ceiling on this team is the highest it's ever been. So if they come even remotely close to that, then they'll be the most competitive and relevant they've ever been. Uh, and if you want me to elaborate on that, I can. Yeah, go ahead. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, the team is expected to be Impact, Speaker, Vikla, Prince, and Ayla. Um, I don't want to do the Hotline League classic of going over every player, but to sum up, they have the known and loved game uh, names of Impact and Speaker. And they have the very promising imports of Vikla and Prince. So not only do they have the brand power, uh, of loved and well-known domestic domestic players, they have Paros imports that will very likely give them, in my opinion, a very strong chance of going to Worlds and maybe even uh, winning the split. Uh, so compared to previous splits, they have the relevance and um, just the the strength that they've never had. All right, and uh, and you you think what what do you think the the max sort of limit is for them, or like the the peak potential is? I, I feel like I, I I genuinely feel like they can potentially go to Worlds uh, with, and this is coming from a Cloud9 fan, but with the dispersion of um, like powerhouse names going like spreading out, um, I feel like if they hit their peak, FlyQuest that is, um, if if all of those players hit their peak, they honestly could maybe not. It feels weird to sound to say that FlyQuest would win the split, but they've. I mean, come really close, what was it, two years ago uh, with lesser teams, um, I feel like they could very easily, you know, maybe take the split. So, yeah. Maybe. Uh, I do. Very f- easily maybe take the split. Is that what you said? That does not sound, it's, it does it's, not it's, reek of confidence. All right. It's so funny how the CLG caller is out of his fucking gourd thinking that they're going to be as good as they are. And I think you have a really good case to be, like, strong. You know, but it's like, oh, uh, I, I think they're, they're really good. I think um, 
I'm I'm with you because I think in terms of name brand, like there's always someone who wins the offseason or like has the scariest team on paper because you're assuming that everyone hits their peaks, you know, and they're gelling and there's no problems. And I think that team is FlyQuest this year. Um, I I know people might like 100Ds for the name power, um, but just like recent history, I think, you know, it has to be actually um, FlyQuest. Like Vikla could be in best best mid NA conversation could could end up being it if they're playing well and has good synergy with Spica. Impact's always in that conversation for top lane. Prince should be in that conversation for bot lane. You know, like it's just top to bottom, like a, a pretty stacked roster. Um so I I think, yeah, it makes a lot of sense that they would be um on paper favorites. Though I do think you can make the case that like some teams having more time spent together, like C9 with only like one real change or uh, uh, TL having like a more unified culture might uh, give them an edge, but like just name power, it's FlyQuest for sure. Yeah, I I feel like they're going to be a very interesting team to look at next year, not just from a performance perspective, but like this is a set... In in a lot of ways, I feel like this is a brand new LCS team. Like they like Trish is gone. Uh, mm-hmm. I know that on the content side, like Ricky, who used to run their their content stuff, left um, several months ago. And then you have Papa Smithy come in. You have new ownership, and then you have a completely new roster. And certainly, I'm sh- like Nick, like Nick over who's like the GM might be the oldie thing that. At least attached to the competitive side, that will feel. But even even the way they they built this roster is like different. Where it's like Philip and Kumo and like the people that they used to get in Takoi were like the underdog, scrappy, feels good story. And this is like the slam money on the table, let's fucking go approach. Yeah, yeah. So like I I don't know. On the other hand, I feel like there's going to be teams like. Team Liquid and Hunter T that are just going to naturally get more attention, I guess is the best way to put it. And so I don't there's not a really great word for it. It's not underdogs because it's not it's almost like fan underdogs or brand underdogs, because I just don't think a lot of people are gonna be like, yo, flies where it's at. And again, I know as always that a lot of the people that are listening to this show and watch the show every week are gonna be feeling that way because they're watching LCK all the time and uh, watching LPL all the time and they live, eat, and breathe League of Legends. But I think they are... People need to, people forget that there are a lot of League of Legends fans who show up on week two of LCS and go, oh, LCS started? Uh, because Riot doesn't do a good job of marketing it. And then when they do, they're like, what, Double Lift is back? What? And on 100T uh, with Bjerks? Like, there's a lot of this crazy stuff that happens, and I feel like those folks are going to not really be thinking too much of these FlyQuest guys until they start putting out results. In, in hey, terms but- of, like, brand brand power and immediate storytelling, they, they might have the least of, like, the other really exactly. popular teams or, or, like, teams that might be good. Like, 100 Thieves, it's getting the band back together. Korea, TL, I forget what they're calling it, T, TLCK or whatever. Is that um, what they're calling it? Actually, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I, I forget. Um, you know, like C9 mostly has the same pieces with if you like Fudge or Berserker, Blabber, whoever, you'll still like that team. Um, even Dignitas has like 
depending on I don't know exactly how much weight Jensen carries as a big name, but like people will know Jensen, whereas Vikla right. they'll have to be like, who the fuck? Unless you were actually watching LCK last year, right? So I mean, I, go ahead, Carl. Uh, I mean that's true, but like winning will if they just start winning immediately uh hopefully if they gel you know that will be their brand power essentially because they weren't particularly um relevant or dominant kind of in since like two years ago so if they do win that will be their um their narrative is that oh here are these imports that are you know coming in and and carrying the league so i, I feel like that might be the storyline that might carry them forward yeah, that yeah, could people happen. love bandwagons, or people love to bandwagon. Yeah, yeah. Either way, thank you so much, uh, Washi, for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we go on to the next caller? Yeah, uh, shout out my girlfriend Kristen, who I love very, very much, as well as Alienware, Grubhub, uh, YouTube, and Twitch Chat. Uh, have a good one. Well, the How Twitch you? Chat shout out. They they don't deserve. What the that. hell? Anyway, <laughs> thank you so much for the call. We'll catch you next time. Adios. All right. Uh, off mark goes to grab the next caller. Zamelka, I thank you for the 20 months. User 13377. Uh, Pokemans, Abel, uh, Slowbro, SLC Soyboy, Jaffe, Lil Bonaparte gifted five subs. Franz League, uh, John G365, The Swift Armadillo, Benjamin for 40 months. Uh, Cake and Lil Bonaparte for gifting another sub. We are all caught up on the subs now. We did it. Mark should be back here in just a second with our next caller as we continue on with this week's episode of Hotline League. Billabang is here. Billabang, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Windsor, Ontario. Windsor, Canada. Ontario. And what do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, I wanted to talk about uh, how League Esports could take a few things from regular sports that would make them more exciting. So, like, uh, break times during the game. I think Sorry, when you say regular sports, do you mean traditional sports? Yeah, traditional sports. Okay. I was um, just confused there for a second. Sorry, and, continue. Uh, yeah, so I was saying, like, more coach involvement and, like, actual substitutions. So, for example, like, you had people that you'd sub in after champ select. So, like, for example, someone like Jensen, who's, like, a mage specialty, you have someone else on the team who has a assassin specialty if you're playing an assassin in the mid lane. Um, because I think it'd make things more exciting because I feel like there's a lot of people in uh, LLE sports that are really good at a specialized uh, thing, but they fall off um, when they're playing other stuff like top, carry top laners who are forced to play tanks. And I think that you could kind of shore up some of those weaknesses if you have more people on teams. Why don't we see more of this, Mark? I feel like we've probably talked about this at some point in time in our last 5,000 episodes, but... Like it? Why? Why do we not see more of this? And is it is it just because synergy trumps versatility? Um, no. Well, so he's specifically advocating for being able to swap players after draft. Ah, I see. Okay. Yeah, I see. Um, which I think is a very interesting idea, and I don't hate it. Uh, makes it more difficult for fan uh, teams. I'm sure teams would be against this change, <laughs> um, especially if it's not adapted globally, because then you're practicing a, a weird version of the game. But I do think it's fun for fans because you should, in theory, see more cool shit. Um, <laughs> the the thing that I think why it wouldn't happen is because I think Riot likes to try and keep the game 
relatively close to the solo queue experience. I know, um, you know, it's it's a little different still right now, but like uh, they don't want to move too far away from from it. So like, I I think it would seem weird to them to do this. What about something like the? I think the halftime the the break thing for me like the more coaching involvement was kind of a bigger one because I think. Like right now, you're kind of just like the, you do champ select. You have like maybe 30 seconds with your coach, and then they go shake hands, and you're off the stage. And like you're not talking to your players the whole time. You're not strategizing. So like, if you say, for example, like obviously, like I said, it, like you said, it'd be something to have to be like unified across the globe. But I think like if you had a point in time where it's like okay, at 10 minutes, you're gonna get like a two minute break to talk with your coach about your next move, right? You could like instead of forcing all the strategy on the players who not only have to think about that kind of like all the stuff that's happening in the micro game, but in the macro game as well, you can kind of shift that to your coach and you can give them more recognition. Cause I feel like right now coaches get very, very little recognition from the majority of player bases, even if their teams are successful. Travis, what do you think? I'm trying to think through it. One, I don't think that you want to, you were, you were suggesting you do a two minute pause and let the coach like give advice. Yeah. Basically, like you can talk to your, tactical your timeout. Own. Yeah, so I think that what League of Legends needs is more pauses. So I love this. I think more downtime on the broadcast, more moments where nothing's really happening, where action is delayed. I think that that's really good for the sport. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I don't think that we should implement more pauses, and I don't. I don't think that like. When I look at the issues that are that are hindering league esports, I don't think a lack of recognition from coaches is it. And I don't think that it also does like I'm trying to think of what the benefits are, right? Like you don't really gain parity. You gain a little bit of narrative around like how a coach is helping. And even then it's always like very vague. I you know, unless unless you have cameras rolling on how coaches are handling things behind the scenes and what they're bringing to the table, which is oftentimes super either obfuscated because people don't want to show players being issues or because they don't want to leak trade secrets or whatever. You're never really going to know how a player does or how a team, what a coach does. Sorry, not a player. Um, and I don't think like adding a two minute break into the broadcast is going to do that to allow the coach to talk. I think all it does is sort of slow things down. And I just feel like there's much better ways to like, add stuff to the game and the broadcast than it is to do that. Um, part of the reason why you can do those pauses in traditional sports is because those things need about 500 hours of commercial breaks every time a game happens. And so like there's a natural reason for those pauses to occur. Um, and you also can't have people physically exerting themselves at peak levels for two hours straight. So there's like kind of a, a a difference there in terms of why like th it lends itself to coach downtime in a way that I don't think esports does. And I don't think that we need the benefits of coaches being more involved um, as in, in terms of getting that sort of downtime. So you're saying you don't like, you want it to be more like soccer where like soccer obviously is like, you play I don't want it to be like traditional game. sports at all. I like, well, I am, I am, I was, was going to say like, it's not, I'm just, I'm saying like, because you compare like soccer to like any traditional sport, like traditional North American sports, and like soccer has no breaks, it has halftime, and then it has no breaks. So like, that's kind of the game flow you're going for for league rather than something like regular, like traditional North American sports. 
sure, I guess, but I don't. I I think, quite frankly, you know, not to make the conversation too broad, I think we've spent way too much time thinking about League of Legends and as esports within the context of traditional sports, and I think that the game has or like product has suffered because of that, and so I now no longer want to start any conversation with, hey, they do this in traditional sports, so should we. Um, at the very least, I think we've had enough of those conversations over the past like decade that I don't know if it really assists us. The only place where I think maybe that's interesting is like format discussions and like brand stuff from like a sponsor integration. And so I don't, yeah, I, I don't start anything now with the premise of, hey, this is a thing in traditional sports, so how do we do it? There was an interesting moment. I know he's in the chat right now where uh, David Shiznik, um at Worlds, and I he, he and I were at a Red Bull event, and we were doing, um, we were doing some sort of uh, Q&A panel interaction. And he did the, like, Jat thing where he's like, you know, it's just, like, random X player from basketball facing off against other random X player from basketball. I was like, I don't know who that is. And he's like, of course people know who that is. And I was like, okay, raise your hand if you're familiar with who this is. And like less than 10% of the audience raised their hand. I think there are a lot of traditional sports fans who like drive conversation in, in esports. Um, and I think less and less the audience is, is interested in like those types of analogies. I guess is the way I would put it. I'm just teasing, David. It was a it was a really good moment because I think it it allowed us to have a good conversation. I'm not trying to embarrass you, um, but like I I think like it's it's, but I think what David did there is like stand. I mean, even on this show we do this stuff, and sometimes I do turn to Mark and say, "What do you think of this, Mark? How does this work?" And he's like, "Well, Bill Belichick, who's the greatest coach of all time, blah blah blah, the Patriots." Well, I'm also usually talking about that from like how I'm fucking coaching. Like, yeah, I'm going to go study the fucking greats. I'm not going to go pretend I know better. Yeah. At least like I'm at least going to look at what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, but in terms of like media presentation, I think it's fine to like look at those things. But like, um, yeah, I think to Travis's point, I, I do think the a lot of the loudest people are coming from a world of hardcore sports fandom and then they become hardcore fans in league esports, but that's not necessarily how everyone watches or what relates to them. So, yeah, I guess I am pretty biased because Iowa, like I grew up watching traditional sports and then probably like 2014, 2015 is when I started watching esports. So I feel like there was, there was a couple times where it's definitely made me more biased just because like, obviously the popularity of traditional sports is because it's been around for so long and like, I think esports will eventually get there, but obviously right now it's not, and like it's still stuck in its niche. So I think it is like you are correct saying that it does need to find its own thing. But I, I think like there is a few things from traditional sports that I've always been like very advocate, very advocating of. Um, geolocation was one, and then this was the other one. So yeah, well, was, here, here's like, here's where I will here's I will throw you a bone in this area. I think if you are going to do more to promote coaches and give narratives around coaches, it should probably be on the teams and or maybe the broadcast, but probably the teams to do that, right? Like, I think it makes more sense for teams to come out and say, like, here's how we why we hired this coach. And here's explicitly what this coach is bringing. Like, 
Marin is a good example of this, right? Where like he's coming in to coach Team Liquid. Why the fuck is he coming in to coach Team Liquid? You know, like I think getting well, so. A, go ahead. I was gonna I'm say, not saying so it shouldn't be, by the way, but go ahead. Yeah, I think the reason it works in traditional sports is because you are you very much see the coach's influence in those um, timeouts, play calling, uh, just roster decisions, like a lot of that stuff, and like. Esports doesn't really have that. I mean, like you have on stage and they're like pacing behind the players a little bit, but even then, everyone knows draft is pretty like player specific. You have like in best of series, you sometimes see the back room, um, but because it's so focused on players, like when you're actually playing the game, I, I understand why coaches are not much of a focus in in this scene because like it doesn't naturally flow to like the forefront of the viewer's experience the way a traditional sport coach will find themselves front and center of the broadcast for portions of it during critical moments, timeouts, play calls, you know, this kind of stuff. So I just think that pushing coaches hard is, I mean, like I like coaches. I was a coach. I think you should have them on the broadcast. I think you should do a cast with them, have them. Like we did a lot of player casts. Why not have a coach cast? Like I'm not opposed to any of that, but I mean, like in terms of like ham fisting more of it, I don't think it's something that players like players want to, watch players or viewers want to watch players that's that's what they want I, I want them to do i want you guys to do a coach cast of their own team because they can't what do they they can't do anything anyway right so why they not can reveal strats unfortunately no, no no i know i know i guess i'm just saying during the matches it's not like they can affect the like yeah, their hands are off ones, anyway you have nothing you need to be doing yes so just shove them up there and watch them slowly die inside as their team. It would be fun to do ball. a single play-by-play, -play and then two coaches of of opposing teams, and just. Icarus says now they need to watch and take notes for review. I'm sure they never do that after the game. I I don't I, uh, I don't think that <laughs> coaches are actively taking notes during, like based off of the cameras. Normally, what they're doing is this. Uh, I mean, if, if you're any competent coach, it's really not hard to keep track of, like, the things that happen in the game if you're watching closely. I only ever took notes um, to make sure I didn't forget them when I later, like, needed to address it, uh, like, in scrims, um, because you're going to break everything down. But, like, after a game, it's usually not, uh, you usually don't need them. Maybe some people do, but I, I don't think it's, it's, like, critical to be taking notes during the LCS uh, Jedi Master says, what is so wrong with them being on comms with the team? Because League of Legends is a game of imperfect information, and adding a sixth person who has additional information is uh, not the play, my friend. Okay. Billabang, thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we take our next break for a sponsor shout out? Uh, shout out David. I actually watched him on TikTok. I know who he is. He's a pretty cool guy, and I've been enjoying his content. So uh, shout out to him. Shout out St. Clair College Esports program. Uh, just built a new arena. It's pretty sick. Um, great education I've got there. And uh, shout out you guys for doing Hotline League for so long. Uh, I'll keep watching and uh, maybe some more hot takes will come up and I'll come back on. But thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. That was a good call. Yeah, that was good. Quick quick note, by the way, speaking of, of David. Last week uh, on the show when we had Andrew Barton on, I made a pithy remark about how if – because I, I, I said something about how I wanted EG to do kind of like a team update. I think this is what it was. I wanted EG to do a team update video, and he's like, would you sponsor it? I said, maybe, just because I feel like if I want to see content in the LCS, then I have to make it. That was a reference to content 
about the teams and the players. Okay, David Lynn later on took that quote and tweeted it non-contextually as if to imply that I was saying that nobody else creates content. I was specifically commenting on how teams don't make content. Obviously, there are lots of pundits and folks that make content. So I just want nah, to clarify that, that based off of the way in which it was LS, conveyed. On that's Twitter. not content. Dom, not content. It's not content. Anyway. Any of the writers? Fion, not content. Shout out to... Well, Fion is doing behind-the-scenes stuff now. It's not content. Shout out to Grubhub. Uh, they are going to be giving away... We I think we have 50 Hextech chests to give away right now, live on the stream. Are we doing it live, Numi? Numi, how do we figure this out? Oh, oh Numi, you're promoting the old code, so... That did not work out. Numi, okay, we're gonna, she's fixing it right now. But Numi's going to create a form or has created a form wherein you fill it out in the chat and the first 50 people who fill it out uh, will get their, get a code sent to them with the Hextech chess code, uh, which seems like a crazy way of doing this. But Numi and I, we had short time to create this and craft this process. So let us know. Give us feedback if we ever have a chance to do more of these Hextech chess giveaways. Um, so if you would like to get a Hextech chest courtesy of Grubhub, we're giving them away right now. And Numi will have the link here in a second for you. But shout out to Grubhub for sponsoring the show. I ordered uh, the Thai food place. I really like the Thai food place that uh, that we went to for, or that we ordered from, I should say, for the Dinner With episode that I did with Kobe. Um, and I had that right before the show uh, because... It's delicious. So thank you to Grubhub. They've continued to provide delicious food for us and uh, be a great partner. And if you guys get delivery, please try Grubhub. Sometimes I hear my friends say something heretical, naming a competing delivery service, and I scream at them at the top of my lungs. Uh, I throw I say, my chicken nuggies at them. And what's I going on? Tell my mom to get out of the room. <laughs> Um, and, uh, there we go. Oh, that's out. The link is up, uh, in the Twitch chat. So the first 50 people to fill it out, will get a code for a Hextech chest, uh, sent to them. I believe the code only works on North American servers. So just to warn you about that, maybe if you're in a different region, you need to, uh, I don't know, make an account in North America. Uh, but anyway, the first 50 people fill it out. So thank you so much, Grubhub for sponsoring the show. Really appreciate it. And uh, go get your Hextech chest if you're watching live. And if you're watching not live, then you need to do a better job of uh, watching live because then you'll get a chance to get one of these Hextech chests. Mark. Um, we also have one other sponsor for this evening. It's the Ava League preseason tournament taking place this, this Wednesday. This is not December accurate. 7th. We are not receiving oh. compensation for this. Uh, <laughs> Ava League paid me. I don't know. You didn't get compensation? No. Uh, no, I, uh, there's no compensation. We Ovli, have a, a you need, we need to be clear about me. this because we have a, uh, at a, a share of vo something called share of voice mark, uh, which is about how sponsors are conveyed yeah, yeah, at they don't want, yeah, yeah, during yeah, yeah, the yeah. show. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I, it was a joke. Ovley just wanted to come on and talk about this thing that she's working on. And I didn't see the message until an hour later and I don't think she's here anymore. And I just want to shout it out as a cool community thing going on. Wednesday, you'll probably recognize a lot of names of streamers and pro players taking place in it. Are they trying to usurp the Naaman tournament that is happening? Because Naaman, I think, is also doing a, uh, a tournament. 
Um, is this like a Panda Global know. Ludwig thing where there's nah, a war going on between these tournaments? Sure, I don't know. Anyways, I'm going to get the next person. Drama. Drama. Shut up, you drama fraud. Mark is off to grab the next caller. Thank you to Pouncing Sang, Darking, and Donut533 for the subs. Really appreciate the subs, folks. That's very generous of you. Uh, could be cool. Numi says she will send out uh, the Hextech chest this Hello. week. Oh. What? Why did you? You, you screamed when you joined the channel. So what? what, what yeah. Why? I've been, I'd scream because I've been here for like 10 seconds. It didn't seem like you knew that we came back. We got a guest or a, a caller. Okay. It just was so a little disruptive. So I was trying, I was a little <laughs> confused. Uh, I'm Ka Chaotix is here. Chaotix, where are you calling from? Um, I'm calling from good old Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas. What do you want to talk about on the show? Um, so I wanted to talk about how 100 Thieves will not be a top four team this year. But they will be great for the viewership of the LCS. They, though they are both a little bit washed on their return, Doublelift and Bjergsen will bring back an LCS audience that likely hasn't watched in years. Are Doublelift and Bjergsen washed? Um, Based on what metrics? I, I think that Doublelift admittedly is out of practice. Um, and I think that Bjergsen is he? calling him washed is a little bit of an overstatement in all honesty. But I believe that... He isn't playing as good as he once was, which could be attributed to the conflicts and uh, how they perceive the game by uh, him and Core JJ. But, you know, again, it's all theoretical. I'll just put it this way. Uh, there were a lot of LCS players who were not playing Champions Q during Worlds whenever uh, the Worlds players were on that server. Doublelift was. So... I, I think there might be some LCS players who are more out of practice than him. Um, but okay. So I, I, I also say tenacity took a spring off in, in mm. good old Peter, uh, school of thinking. So it's not just potentially, uh, double lift and beer who are washed. Maybe tenacity is already washed. He did play in <laughs> summer. Don't get me wrong, but he's, he's already taking time out. He's already burning out. That's um, a meme. If anyone takes that seriously, uh, <laughs> he was a six man in spring. I, I mean, just I think that go ahead. I think that playing Champions Q versus um, playing eight hours of scrims like almost every day or however long that they're scrimming, I think that wait, you said it's like four hour, six hour blocks, something like that. Um, I think that that's quite a bit more than playing, you know, a couple of Champions Q games when uh, the availability is there. But I know that he also, even though he was trying to play Champions Q, I know that because of the priority queue and everything, he wasn't able to play as much. Yeah, I just like, I think it is weird because I have seen the sentiment echoed from other folks that Doublelift and Bjergsen are washed. And I mean, Mark did several, maybe like 70 blame games this year about how Bjergsen was not as bad as the Reddit seemed to be wanting to make him out to be. And I think it is fine to be skeptical of Peter coming back, but we don't have much evidence either way. Uh, like Icarus, for instance, says Doublelift wasn't even performing well two years ago. He won the last split he played in. So I mean, but people talk about him getting like kind of carried by Beard across the finish line. That's <laughs> what they uh, people say because he lost to FBI in the Golden Guardian series, and uh, he was not his greatest version of himself even in that split that he won. 
Well, um, even even more evidence for Bjergsen being a great player. He was able to carry <laughs> Peter across the finish line. Um, I don't know. I but now he's washed because he couldn't carry Hans. So there you go. Everyone's oh, I see. Washed. I see. It's just about how much you can carry these uh, ADCs. Um, regardless, I just I think it is a little early to be saying that players are washed. But I'm sorry. Back to your main point. You think that it they'll be great for viewership. Yeah, I think that the team is a great storyline overall. I think that there's already a pretty decent, like, little fan base developed around, like, Tenacity and Busio. And I think that Closer will keep a lot of the 100 Thieves fans from pre previous years. Like, me included, I'm actually a really big 100 Thieves fan. I'm just very skeptical of this roster because I'm not sure about how people will mesh across the board. Although I am excited to see how they'll do. I think that the storyline overall is fantastic honestly but I, either way it, i think it, it is um it is a very 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 big if about pretty much everyone on the roster i think there's question marks everywhere okay so it's interesting because i'm i'm sketched out on both aspects of your take because i think from the viewership perspective i have not seen the sort of like big hype and excitement about Peter's return on like the broad level that I expected to, or about like Bjerg and Peter reuniting. And my take is I think that that team will build, will be as hype and exciting as hundred thieves makes it. Um, as like, in they've not been creating very much content this year. They laid off like a bunch of their content team. They made, I think no content at worlds. Um, they just didn't do shit. And so Hopefully, with them getting some very popular players, they will do something. But, like, I saw people who were being critical of EG announcing their roster with a JPEG. 100 Thieves has announced their roster on Lena's stream. Uh, and with Peter <laughs> posting a picture of Soren and him together with Soren in a 100 Thieves jersey. Or not jersey, but a jacket, jacket. or whatever. Vest. Yeah. Um, here's the other thing, too. In 2020 summer, when they last won the LCS together, viewership on average was 205,000 people. I'm checking my, my numbers here again. In summer this year, and I don't know if I updated it at the exact end of summer, but it was around 115,000, 120,000, which means 80,000 people have disappeared into the ether, roughly. Um, not only that, but you also have churn of some degree of those people being new who just didn't give a shit two years ago. Um, so Travis's point about like how many people are absolutely juiced about it. I will say that the, the kind of people who would be most juiced about it are also the kind who would probably be least active on things like social media and Reddit. Um, because like the reunite, the, the reunion of, of two of North America's best players. Um, they're probably not the people who are like terminally online, like me and Travis and other hardcore LCS fans who are consuming all the content. And we've probably thrown a bit of a wet blank blanket over the return. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I do think that the uh, the reaction when it does happen and they're in the jerseys together and Riot makes their hype piece of these two guys being reignited and hopefully for the love of God, Hundred Thieves does something to Travis's point. Like that's hopefully when the hype starts and we'll we'll see we'll get a we'll get a better picture then of how excited people are. Um, on your point about them not being good, uh, I do think it's fair to say that like they're not gonna be at that twenty twenty level, presumably. Uh, I don't think Either of them are at their peaks of their careers. I, I defended Bjerg as being fine, but I, I, I never made the case that he was like 2015 Bjerg, 2016 Bjerg, you know, like mm -hmm. MVP Bjerg. I never considered 
for a second giving him the MVP in either split, um, which is kind of what his like he was known for was being just the perennial MVP candidate. Uh, so in that sense, like I think it is actually kind of true that like you know if if you're just seeing Bjergen double lift, it's not 2016 when they reignited the first time. It's not even fucking 2020 when they reignited the second time. It's 2022, uh, and I think that expectation i wonder where the average fan the one who gets hyped in in january when they they see all these videos what they're expecting versus like you and me and maybe travis yeah i think i think there's two two things here that i want to kind of get your read on mark one like you're right that we've lost a ton of people do you i i get the feeling that like we could get those people back with the right marketing push which the lcs fucking sucks at like (laughs) <laughs> uh, historically, I mean, we are, you know, just over a month from when presumably the the league will start, and we have like no info on even what day of the week this thing is going to be on. Um, and like John Needham in the interview that I did with him talked about how he thought that Riot was not great at sports marketing, right? So like, I I'm a little worried because I do think like this is an opportunity to bring back some people who are like double F fans or double F beer, you know, the glory days type thing. Um, but two, especially this one, I want to get your point on, I think you and I and other people have philosophized about and, and thought a lot about how much the LCS just like went so hard on Doublelift and Peter for so, or sorry, um, Peter and Soren for so long, right? Like there's so many videos where they were just there and they did not do a really good job of building stars. So... I think there's a kind of a quandary here, right? Of like, is this what we're going back to now? I'm not even saying we shouldn't, because I do think like it would be a pity right. if they didn't make a big deal about this. But there's an irony now that like years after the fact that we were like, oh yeah, we really fucked up by leaning so much on Bjerg and Doublelift for so long and not building up new new folks. We're like, you know how we should really kick off the start of 23 season? <laughs> Promoting double Guys, and Bjergsen, you know? We just did LCS 10. We put the past behind us into the future with double lift and Bjerg. Who the fuck are Harry and Ayla and Jan? I have no idea. One of the <laughs> I, best academy teams ever. But you know what I mean? Like what? Viewing in the LCS? Yeah, you know, no, I, I agree. I, like, I'm, I'm, I'm agreeing with your point that, like, it is funny that, like, it is one of the biggest storylines, so you have to cover it, but it's also not really what you, like, for the long-term health of the eSport feel like you maybe should be doing. I mean, the irony of us, yeah, it's, I don't know what you do for that. I don't know if you, like, include them in the opening video. Because, like, what I remember what last year's video was, like, the handoff, right? Where you had... They shatter the glass or something, and you had Danny looking at, like, double lift stuff or whatever. And, like, obviously, you know, it's not anyone's uh, fault that, like, Danny is not in, you know, it's a complicated situation. Oh, no. But we you will have... Danny back for double lift. No. I mean, exactly, right? Like, how how poorly that aged, that video. Because yeah. now Danny's not here and you have double lift instead. And, like, again, I think it is good for the league that double lift is playing in it. I'd rather have him play in it, especially at this time, than not. But, like, man, what a fucked up situation we find ourselves in, right? Yeah, in terms of a marketing angle, like what LCS chooses to be its like driving story is is a tough choice. Um, like I, I think it's very easy to show a lot of the younger, newer teams that look fresh and stuff, and then kind of do them as like a 
final boss at the end of a video kind of thing, you know, where they have all like however many trophies they have behind them, 11, 13. I, I don't even know what it is. You know, like you, you could do that pretty easily and give your nod to them without making them the focus of the video and focus more on TL, Fly, um, C9, I, I don't know, you know, like, but in EG players, I don't, I don't know. It's, it is a weird one. I forget what your first point was. Just uh, I don't. I just don't know if they're going to bring the viewership. I mean, we we kind of start. start oh, as a oh, I, I think it'll help. I mean, summer viewership always goes up from summer to spring the next year, pretty yeah. much. Um, except for and I think. Oh, my first one. point was about like the uh, the marketing angle. Like we can recapture some of those those viewers if yeah if they put the marketing out there. I'm just skeptical of uh, yeah LCS and teams doing marketing. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Alex, thank you so much. I think this sparked a really fun, interesting conversation, so thank you for the call. Anything that you want to uh, shout out before we go on to the next caller? Um, shout out to you and Mark, as always. You guys make my drive to school and times doing homework more entertaining. Thank uh, you. Grove Hub and Alienware for sponsoring, and also NAMEN with the, um, with the big tournament coming up. I hope that a lot of the community here has been entered in. It seems like it'll be a, a really fun time. Very good. Did you enter? I did. Okay. Good luck. Thank you very much. Yeah, um, you right, you'll have a good night. Yeah. See it. All right. Uh, thank you to Bobacola for the 63 months. Wow. We're getting up there. Thank you to everybody who subbed. If you haven't subbed yet, you can probably sub for free. If you have prime, move your cursor over the screen. You'll see a little crown pop up. It'll let you know if you have a sub that's available for the thing. We're going to end with your favorite take of the night. You ready? Yeah. The creature is here. The creature, where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from South Carolina. South Carolina, who I, I think recently uh, the Democratic National Committee decided to make that the first stop in the primaries. Anyway, what do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, so my take is that teams should focus less on content, not more. All right, that's the show, everybody. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Uh, Mark, you have any shout outs? Did you plug? No. Uh, what? Okay. Why do you? Why are you bringing this curse take to me? <laughs> so I think um, we ask a lot of the players, and I oh my god hate to sit here and see that the players are told that they have no work ethic and they do poor at worlds and internationally. And also, we want you to be a dancing monkey for us and have YouTube videos at our disposal. When the teams all have content creators, like, why would Team Liquid want CoreJJ to do a video when they're paying Broxa and Bwipo to be on Because they want people to root roster. for CoreJJ whenever he plays games. Uh I, I think this is a good take. Creature, do you also think that, like, maybe they do too much work chewing their own food? Should we get baby food for them? <laughs> <laughs> I just um, feel like the players should be able to focus on being players first and not entertainment. Uh, I will agree players. How first. is that do how is that doing for us, creature? How for so so this has been happening for a while, right? Where we've asked players to do less and less content and to appear in less and less content. And quote unquote to focus more on being players first. Uh, how, are we performing better at Worlds than we did before? 
I'm not saying that we're doing good right now. I just feel Is like... Is viewership up? But I don't think that's on the players necessarily. I would, I would put it... Be good. They have to be good to draw in the viewership. And if they're focused on doing side project contents and stuff... And another aspect of it is uh, a, a recent thing has been player burnout. And I can't imagine doing a full day of scrims and then having to film a video afterwards. I just don't see how more content is a good thing for the scene. I, I don't think a casual... You, you're viewer... not sure how more content is a good thing for the scene? My man, we went. We sent our teams to Worlds and did basically jack shit content around them. They came back going one and five across the board, and everybody had nothing that they could actually have as sort of like an explanation or justification or humanization at all of these players, and they just got fucking flamed into the ground for showing up and like embarrassing us on the stage. And when you have no content that is there to actually like humanize these players, make them relatable, let people see that they actually give a shit when they go one and five then you have nothing other than like frustration at the fact that you've watched these guys lose so much. I'm not saying do zero content. I just don't think that it needs to be. I mean, you said do less content and we're already doing zero content. So I don't even know how we could do less than zero. Okay. So maybe not less. You, you, you could, saying, you could issue, you could issue be... takedowns. You, you could <laughs> issue takedowns to do less content to stop other people from making content too. <laughs> I I just don't. I'm so good at finding solutions. You ask a question, I give you an answer. I don't. Um, like I'm. I I hope. Sorry, creature. I'm trying not to be too upset. I hope you know that this was going to be a a, a, a tough subject for me. But like, uh, I knew what I was walking into. Okay, good. Um, I I just could not disagree more. Um, so like Khan is in the chat, I think, and Khan, anytime anybody anywhere talks about worlds, he goes uh, in the comments and is like, we really got to stop talking about worlds, everybody. I don't think that we should give up on competition like he and some, some other folks do. Uh, I think it is important to care and to try, but I also think that we are at a point where we are losing viewer, like at a certain point in time, we're going to bleed out so much that we can't be alive any longer. Um, from a right. viewership perspective, right? Where we cannot afford, like, organ organizations... Start, I mean, I think some organizations have already started to check out because they don't feel like they are getting the returns that they need on the investment that they are making. And when you start to have that, you are decreasing your co your competitive capabilities because you are going to end up... Like, I've, I've heard a rumor TSM's going to have very limited coaching staff this year, right? And clearly, they've pulled back on their investment on their roster than they they have previously or than they had in previous years. And you can argue whether or not they were over investing. I don't know. But like the, the, even, even if you are a fan of competition, you should want content to be happening because that is the method by which this league will sustain itself. And by which the teams can continue to invest into support staff and developing uh, stuff. I mean, we had Andrew Barton on last week. He talked about how he's going to try to pull more Fortnite players into League of Legends rather than having like an amateur team. You know, I, I wasn't going to call him out in that moment, and like it's probably not his decision. But like, that's not to me like a, a good sign. Like teams seem to across the board be pulling back. Maybe FlyQuest is the exception. And I think again, a lot of this is because viewership 
is suffering and monetization is suffering. And I think there's a lot of different factors in that, but it is it is hurt additionally by the lack of content and engagement and reasons to give a shit about these players that we have in the league. And I think asking them to do as much content as they're doing right now, which is incredibly limited, um, or asking them to do less, I think is tough. Now, to your to your point, caller, I think there are. I think I think what you should say, like a, a more compelling version of your argument is, if we are going to ask players to do more content, we should be smart about the types of content we ask them to do and make sure it is compelling. Because oftentimes players sit on in content shoots or something like that and the content ends up being boring or nobody's watching it, et cetera, et cetera. That's like a better thing to solve for, I think, than like saying like we shouldn't ask them to do as much or to do more. Um, Mark, you wanted to get in? <clears throat> Yeah, let me tag in real quick. I, I think a couple things, Creature, I do agree with. I think the players should always be players first. Um, I don't think the ratio of hours spent on playing and practicing and that kind of stuff is anywhere close, or the other way around. The amount of content they're doing is not anywhere close to uh, the amount of hours they spent playing the game and stuff. So it's not like they're even close to not making players number one. I agree that players should never be doing more content than they are playing the game, Unless it's like the off season or something and they are literally streaming all their gameplay and then making content on top of it. That's probably the only time I, I would say that you should be making more content than, than playing. And even then, I don't even know if that's true. Um, so like the players are players, number one. But the reason that other content creators and stuff don't help necessarily build identity of the brand is a lot of the stuff that Travis talked about, which is the importance of humanizing these people that you're watching on the Rift. Um Yes, dominance and success, of course, breed interest, but those are not uh, assurances. Like, you can't assuredly do well at Worlds. You can't win all the time. And that's also true domestically. And so, there is an importance of finding other ways to get people to care about your teams and your players. And that's where content comes in. And um, exactly how you make that content, you can, like Travis said, make it more or less of a burden. I think there's different types of content that you can debate what's good and what's not. Um, like it would be fun to see people try more things. Like what if a team just did a weekly podcast where they got their players in a room, all five of them, and they just shot the shit about something, you know, like, I don't know, hour long discussion on Monday. <laughs> I think there's, there's a lot of ideas I think people should try. Uh, and I'm more interested in that than, than pulling back. It's like finding what is going to resonate with fans and get a lot of attention. So when I'm talking about pulling back, like I said, I mainly just mean the players. Like, I don't, I, I could be totally wrong, but I don't think somebody is like casually scrolling through YouTube and comes across TSM Legends and starts watching LCS. I think teams would benefit from having their designated creators to draw in the casual fans and then do something like you're talking about. Like... Once you are drawn in by the brand, you come across TSM and then you see their league team and maybe that grabs your interest and you start watching that. And then they can still have content like Legends or a podcast or something to humanize the players. I mean, I don't know what their their balance is between playing and, and doing content. You guys would know that much better than me. But it just feels like... I keep hearing teams talking about we want to do more content, we want to do more content, and it just feels 
like the wrong direction. When where we're where not, are you hearing that? Because well. quite frankly, I don't. I wish I was hearing that. I mean, just in general, I guess it's probably just hearing you talking about it. Teams doing content and stuff. Yeah, I'm saying I want teams to do more content. The teams seem to just be like, "LOL, here's a JPEG." I mean, like, tra Travis and I—I I don't know when we last covered it, but like, I sent Travis a bunch of links to team YouTube channels and how most of them were dead, or what they did was they nuked the League of Legends shit off their popular channel and broke it off into some side channel that no one watched. <laughs> like, they would have like 400,000 subs somewhere and then they would make like a league channel that has like 20k and it's like what the fuck and then they their main channel would die like there's just a bunch of like mismanagement of youtube channels like, like here we have a lot go ahead mark i was gonna say there's like a lot of things you can get into i don't want to like blow this topic up forever but like there's a lot of things that i i feel and even on like just the player side like people in chat right now are debating whether you can be popular without being successful you can debate exactly how successful old curse and old dignitas were compared to clg and tsm at that time period I would argue they were significantly less successful in tournaments. They were good, but not like winning a ton. Uh, and they had a lot of really fucking popular players like Cutie Pie, Skara, Boy Boy, St. Vicious. Like uh, back in the day, those players got tons of views and made a lot of money and stuff because they invested in their own personal streams. And I think sometimes we say teams should make more content, but honestly, there's probably a lot of content that's not going to do well because people don't care about these players yet because the players haven't built their brands at all on a personal level. And it's this like catch 22, a little bit of like making content with people that people don't care about. Um, there's, there's two things. So, like, Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just gonna say the final thing is just like, there's, there's, there are problems that need to get solved, and I don't think just more is better. And I'll, I'll give Creature that. I don't think just throwing shit, everything at a wall, even though I was just advocating a little bit. I don't quite think, like, just blindly doing more shit with players is the right answer, necessarily. I, I also think, because um, this came up in the FlyQuest call earlier, where people, it was like, oh, they might get popular if they start winning. No, probably not. Like, unless, unless they're doing enough to make, like, there's this weird kind of thing of like oh no one will care about you unless you win and to some extent i can kind of understand where that comes from where it is harder there is more inertia in pulling fans to you if you are not winning however not to give him more tiktok response content but david Chisnall, he tweeted on november 29th uh, the screenshot of people on reddit not remembering that 100T ran the same roster for like a year and a half. <laughs> and he wrote yeah. like, the sad reality of 100T, three finals in a row, and people can't even remember, definitely a little bigger about it. Bitter, I think he said bitter about it, than I, but I get it. And like, people didn't give a shit about that 100T team. It was like David and three people, somebody from Naaman, I think. And like, it's, it's, and that, again, that, te that team won a finals. And admittedly, it was like a COVID finals. But then, then they made it to finals two more times. You would think that, like, by the philosophy of like, just just win five head, like, or make it to finals, or like find success, that like this team would become fairly popular. But it didn't. And I think part of that is because of just like a lack of personality and content from that we saw from the team. And uh, yeah, yeah. I hundred percent agree with that. It's funny that you mentioned hundred thieves because the exact same time I pulled up fbi's twitter and like i actually love fbi so like i hope this if this doesn't come across as shay but he's only got 20k followers uh i don't feel like he's done a great job of branding himself or his identity or anything like that he's he won one title like travis said had some pretty good showings against double lift he has uh made multiple finals in a row berserker has 34k followers after a year and one one title 
So like, and, and Berserker, I think, in the interviews that he's done, in the content pieces he's done, has done a better job of showcasing his personality, um, being very active on Twitter or relatively active on Twitter. FBI is notoriously inactive on Twitter. Um, I mean, did you make the point last week? Followers, Mark like, of the Philip thing, or maybe that was Emily. Like the everybody, like whenever Philip didn't find a spot, people on Reddit actually were like, "Oh no!" And it was mostly because of the fucking rent a girlfriend <laughs> meme from like, like yeah, it's it's crazy what a little bit of content can do for a t- now it has to be good content which i think like you can't just say do content teams and then when they do something very boring that is like fbi be funnier interviews forehead or you know, or like, like okay I, that's another thing is you have a lot of the sales team just coming up with concepts for these videos and so they just become like a a blatant like way to integrate the sponsor rather than coming up with the content and sponsoring or coming integrating a sponsor after but like yeah, you can do you can do a lot. Like FBI, I think did as much as he doesn't have much of a Twitter follower. Like people talk about his like stupid video he did with me where he kept saying Canada over and over again for all the different uh, countries or whatever. Like at least it sparks discussion. Um, so content important, content important, content fucking important. I don't know why we're still having this conversation, creature. And you and others seem to disagree with me, but content fucking important. I'm not saying content isn't important, but I just feel like the teams are failing their players in that aspect. It it shouldn't be on the I mean the players have to make you care about them, but when I talk to the I teams about like whenever I've flamed the teams for this, people on the teams have gotten angry with me by being like the players won't do anything. Now, I think that's a bit of a cop out cuz it's like you fucking pay them. Like you can find them or you can put stuff in their contracts about it or whatever, but like I it needs to be I, a symbiotic relationship. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, and I think the the teams could do a better job of convincing the players it's worth their time, right? Could do a better job of that, et cetera, et cetera. But like, I do think it goes both ways. And quite frankly, like Vulcan has become kind of not like the most popular player, but like a bit of a fan favorite because on his own he has done content like on Twitter and stuff. Not everybody needs to be coming up with memes and all that stuff, but like, you you can like a little bit of content and a little bit of care goes a long way. I, I don't disagree with that. I just don't feel like it's sh- it shouldn't be entirely on the players to make it happen. I agree. Teams should make them do it. I think it is disappointing how difficult it is to get players to come on this show. And like I think people will dismiss that statement by being like, "Oh, Travis just wants but, like, players don't do a lot of these things. And I I used to be able to do State of the League. Obviously, times are a little different. But, like, I think it is not a coincidence that the players and the league were way more popular at a time when there was way more content around the players. Imagine this show with two players and we're shooting the shit. It's so much better than Travis and I rambling. <laughs> Um, Dominic says from TSM next year, I'll get you more players. Okay. There's step one. Thank you, Dominic. Um, boom. All right. Uh, thank you creature for the call. Sorry if I got, uh, I, you know, normally Mark gets more hostile with the callers. It was my turn to get hostile with you, but I hope we're still friends. Uh, No hard feelings. Okay, great. Um, thank you so much. Anything you want to shout out? Uh, Honestly, just shout out to you guys for having me on the show. 
Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. And next time you come on, I will not yell at you so much. <laughs> Goodbye. Dominic said he sent two last year. Soul and Speaker, right? Is that yeah. more than most teams sent us over an entire year? Yeah, I need to look at who we had. Quite frankly, there are some that I don't. I mean, Revenge was on the show like multiple times. So. But like that's not like an Immortals dub. That's like Revenge understanding the importance. And same kind of like Vulcans come on a couple times. We have Palafox, Dokla. Yeah, CLG actually um, we had we had a couple people on. They were pretty good. Yeah, I think it would be interesting to to break that out and see exactly how much. I mean, I do think the idea of having two players on from the same team could be fun, like a bot lane or something. Um, so yeah. maybe we should try to make that a bigger goal. It's not, you know, maybe it's it's. I, I will take some blame as well. I think we can all share some blame for not doing enough with the, the players and stuff. You know, I could do more. Sometimes you and I are just fucking lazy. Let's call it, let's say what it is. We don't want to reach out. We don't want to convince well, them. Yes. We don't have, like, we don't know them super well. So we feel a little, like, I admit I feel awkward. Yes. Like, I, I, I mean, tried I'm, to do I'm, a I'm, big dinner with, with a player this off season and was told that they didn't want to do it. Um, and so, like, this stuff happens. I'll tell you about it later, Mark. Um but yeah. and, and even beyond like big things, like I, I'm just like I'm not a very social person, honestly. Like I'm like I'm 31. These kids are 18, 19. I don't know what to say to them. I don't know how to talk to them. I just ignore them. Uh, I walk the other way. We, I've we been walk learning. down the hallway at the same time. I have to go. I have to turn around and go do something over there. You know, like I'm, that's because yeah, you don't I, got I, that do riz, Mark. Okay. <laughs> I've been learning how to talk to them. Um, you, uh, yeah. It's pretty good. I, I'm outdated now, but I had in one of my casts, if I was going to cast Speaker and he was going to do something really good, I wanted to just say like a couple full sentences and, and straight Zoomer talk. Yeah, I've been um, I've been learning a little bit about it. I'm entering my villain era, I think. You know what I mean? Uh, I'll, I'll look up a bunch. If I ever have a cast with a Zoomer or like uh, casting a Zoomer, I'll make sure I read up again what to, are all to drop the, some. oh man i've learned so many words and i can't remember all of them now that's what being a boomer is because you don't actually use them or know them right it's like it's not it's knowledge that you don't have a mastery of you've been right because you're not using them in day to day like i right. this is this is why i'm trying to talk to the name and people a little bit more because i i you it's it's like learning any language where you have to immerse yourself in the culture in our, like that's yeah. the best way to like. That, learn that's it's so true because because when I got into like the the Genshin side, like my Twitch meme usage skyrocketed from talking to Ten Ten and Jeff. Yeah, like tw he is living Twitch chat, Ten Ten, and so like Sag, Madge, Glad, like all that stuff, wokeage, wankage, like all the things I started saying on broadcast were hundred percent because I started talking to Ten Ten. Yeah. Next year, I'm going to slay my villain, my Zoomer era. Shut up. My Shut Zoomer up. era. I'm going to eat and leave no crumbs, Mark. Okay, that's what I'm going to do. Shut, shut your mouth. You're gonna you're gonna end this goddamn podcast. And let me go. That's what you're gonna do. All right. <clears throat> There's Let's, no hotline life because Travis was clearly being a salty little baby about it, and I decided we'd take a couple more calls. Rather did than this work out though? I thought it was. A, I thought this was a good episode. You kept saying there's going to be fine. nothing to talk about. I thought we had really great. Like this is one of the better ones I was in a while. Bored for two hours straight, and I, I don't. Every single person who listened was too. I don't fucking believe that. 
We'll do Hotline Life next week, and we'll give it the hour it deserves. You weren't going to cram me into like 30 minutes. Mark is definitely the op. Are we it done means, here? It means opposition. All right. Uh, Mark, what do you want to shout out and plug? What do you want to promote? Uh, nothing. I, I, have not, I might make a blame game this week. I might just get lazy. Uh, How many right. do I owe you for the year? Um, 50. Oh, shit. Really? Yeah. But I, need... uh, I think you started doing them in February, right? Yeah, I think so. It or maybe my, the, the very says 10 end, months ago. The very end of January? I think it might have been end of January. It says currently 10 months ago when I when I went back to episode one. Okay. So, so it's then not, you, it's, you don't, it's it doesn't end by, the, yeah, it's not the end of the year. It's like okay. January. Okay, okay. Okay, so okay. You're good. Okay. Yeah. All right. Nothing else? No. All right, everybody. Uh, stick around because I, you can all watch the first like time that I've watched this, uh, the next episode of Surprise Test featuring notable individuals such as Porter Robinson and uh, Billy and Dom and others. Uh, that is not I Will Dominate. It is a Hobbit. Uh, so we'll put that on. And maybe I will watch a bounty if we can keep viewership up. It's been a bit of a lower viewership episode because of uh, reasons. But if you if you stick around through this this uh, bounty, I will show you this this next episode of Surprise Test. Anyway, that's it. Stick around, everybody, for that. Uh, goodbye, Mark Zimmerman. See ya. All right. Where are we? Where are we? Where are we? Where are we? I'm leaving. Goodbye. Oh, I know. I thought you already left. Why are you still here? No, well, let's 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 hang out tomorrow afternoon. Okay. Evening. Goodbye. Bye bye. Mm-hmm. Oh, the show's still going. Goodbye.